Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. All right, what is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. Now I'm David. And this week, I like our topic list. We've got a bunch of random stuff, but they all are really interesting topics. So Tesla's next generation chargers are about to get a lot faster and probably more compatible with a lot of cars. Uh, Google is pressuring developers to make tablet versions of apps. Finally, <clears throat> and uh, Google Assistant you tricked me. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were actually copying me. I know. And Google Assistant might be getting uh, generative AI support, which could be really interesting because there's also rumors about Siri adding it, and then a bunch of people going, "Now nah, they're probably not doing that." <laughs> uh, also, the next iPhone might be titanium and much more expensive. Let's talk about it. But first, the last video we put out uh, was I finally reviewed my roof. Never thought that would be a sense of yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a it's a tech roof. It's a solar roof. It's a Tesla's solar panels that have been on my roof for twelve full months. Yeah, four f- completely different seasons of performance. Um, and uh, I put the video out. It was actually really interesting. I didn't know how to package this video. I'm just like I put together this whole video. It's thirty minutes long. What do I title this? What do I do? I just title it Tesla Solar Roof Review. Does anybody even care about the Tesla Solar Roof? Turns out everyone cared about the Tesla it was, Solar Roof. It was fascinating seeing the reactions. Actually, in real time, when I first published the video, and we'd worked for like the last, the final hour on the thumbnail, and it goes live, and I think after the first hour, it was like a, a seven or eight out of ten, and I was like, "That's about right for a roof." Yeah, I know I spent a ton of time on this, but it's it's a roof. Like, yeah. who, who's going to care about this? And I think. I answered comments for a little bit. I drove home. When I got home, I ate, and then I looked at the at YouTube again, and it was a 3 out of 10. And I was like, oh, people are actually like sort of, it's like picking up a little bit of steam. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning. It was a 1 out of 10. It's been 1 out of 10 ever trending. since. <laughs> and it yeah, was trending. Yeah, it was trending. Yeah. People, there's like 10,000 comments on it, yeah. and people are very interested. Uh, the summary is, uh, I mean, watch the video if you really want to know a lot about this roof. We get into the weeds, the numbers, the details uh, on the payback period, the cost, the durability, the performance, the Easter eggs, the snow sheets sliding off my roof and blocking my front door, all that stuff. Um, I think the number one comment that I mostly got was, oh my God, you use a lot of electricity. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I have an electric... The, the main source, the main draw of electricity for me is driving every single day an electric mm-hmm. car. And not a particularly efficient one. Uh, it's a it's a Tesla Model S Plaid. Every day, <laughs> it's like kind of a lot of energy. 
Um, but yeah, generally I learned a lot about not just how much electricity I use, but how much each of the things in the house uses, how much it uses at different parts of the day, different seasons, how much AC uses in the summer versus how much appliances use during the day. It was just a, it was an interesting experience and I felt the need to summarize it all. So it's out there. I want to say that I'm very happy that this video did well because often there's an inverse relationship between the amount of effort you put into something and how well it performs. That's true. And Especially something like this that like you can get really nerdy into if you really are interested, but also like it's a pretty niche topic and maybe not a lot of people are going to like be super interested in it. Yeah, your affiliate link isn't going to generate a lot of sales in the description <laughs> Probably of this not. one. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah, but it's it's it feels good to have something like a roof do yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, Especially since you spent like a year like researching it and using it. I did it. a long time and I wanted to review it after like a month or two, but I was like, well, I know that I read a lot about like how different seasons will go so like i really need to take notes for the next like 12 months on how this goes so that's what we did also there's not a lot of products that you review that you need an explainer before you review them yeah so this is one of those <laughs> where it's like most people will will never buy this or even think about buying this but need to understand it before i review it so that was the first part of the video totally so that was uh yeah was, i think going through all the seasons with it is also a great like it's really important that you yeah. have that data yeah so also, yeah. I think the Tesla name probably helped jack <laughs> <Always>. it up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and it ends up in the title. It's not in the thumbnail, but it's in the title. Yeah. Shout out to Brandon for working on that thumbnail. He came up with like the little green tiles and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Fun fact is the best month of the year in New Jersey for solar is May. Who knew? Wouldn't like it was, it, was a, it was a combination of like most of the days in May. Like you can see in the graphs that April showers bring May flowers. You can see it go from cloudy every other day to sunny every single day in yeah. May except one. And then funny enough, June and July, we're like, we get thunderstorms. We also get a lot of heat and potentially uh, that reduces the efficiency of the panels. Just interesting hmm. stuff we learned in that Which video. Which is interesting because I would always think that like UV energy it, would be what would, you know, more You heat, need the but. sun, therefore there's heat, therefore... That feels weird to yeah. lessen yeah. the efficiency, but <laughs> exactly, I'm sure, right? I just don't understand it. it was, yeah. I guess to cool it was, themselves and be at an optimal efficiency. Right. There was some really, I think I learned a lot from the comments. There were some people saying basically like you might get about the same amount of hours of sun, but at 20 degrees less temperature in May, which is actually better for the panels. It's wild. So yeah. really cool. Crazy. Yeah. It was cool to know. Cool. I feel like that video does well too, because not a lot of people have access to stuff like this. Like not yeah. everyone's gonna have a solar roof, and if they do, they're not gonna point a camera and like make a YouTube video about it. Yeah, like that's few and far between. True. This was one of those products where, and this happens a few times where before I buy it, I believe I've watched every single video on YouTube.com about the product from owners. I think there's about fifteen. Yeah, which is really fascinating. Some are from roofers, some are from buyers. It's also one where like the thumbnail is really tough, and I think having an established channel then like helping automatically reach some people yeah. helps that because like we were looking at other thumbnails and I was like, man, yeah, this just looks like a roof. There's a, the downside to having solar yeah. panels that look like roof tiles is the YouTube thumbnail you make about your roof later just really like suffers. Roof. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's yeah. That's, that's super true. But you know, there were a lot of comments about people who are like, I work in solar and this was a, this was an accurate, fair, good explainer. I'm going to show this video to people I work with, stuff like that. Nice. Um, so even if it's not like a bunch of new people buying solar, it is a bunch of new people understanding solar. So I thought that was worth it. But speaking of Tesla, one of the first topics we wanted to talk about is Tesla's uh, next generation superchargers are, are, I guess, around the corner. 
So V4 superchargers. Mm -hmm. So for those who are in Tesla world, we kind of refer to superchargers as like V1, V2, and V3. V1s being like 75 kilowatts, V2 being up to 150 kilowatts, sometimes 175, I think. And then V3s being the fast ones, up to 250 kilowatts. The, the really nice, new, fast superchargers with the thin cables and everything. And if you can find one of those on the map, take it. That's the, the only way you're going to get 1,000 miles an hour charging. And they don't split energy. Like That's the, another one. The yeah. V2s, the, they kind of suck because you can get the whole 150 kilowatts if you are um, if you're just don't have someone next to you in a stall next to you. But if someone parks next to you and plugs in, it splits the energy, so you only get like seventy-five. Yeah. But so there's V3, like an etiquette. You always get two fifty. It's like yeah. urinal etiquette. It really, pretty much the it same. It kind of is. Urinal <laughs> like if you're if you're the only one at the charger at a V two and someone pulls up and parks next you're to you, you're like, oh. what are you doing, dude? Don't you know how this works? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, V threes they they don't have to split anymore. Everyone gets full power. So it looks like there's a new proposal for V four superchargers that puts them at three hundred fifty kilowatts. Mm -hmm. Which is great because that would be, you know, if the cars support it in the future, that's that's yeah. literally a thirty percent improvement from yeah. current maximum charging power, and uh, also potentially a much longer cable. So yeah. that's going to be important in this world that we're about to enter, where there's a variety of shapes and sizes of cars that put the charging port in different places that are all yeah. going to start using these superchargers. We saw your uh, Rivian trying to charge. That yeah. was kind of a disaster. It was tough for the or, F-150 Lightning. Oh, the yeah. F-150 Lightning, that's what it was. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's going to depend on the car. Again, there's still going to be you know, differences in where they put the port on the car, so I yeah. think there's going to be weird gaps and like, oh, two people are next to each other, but they're both unable to charge. Weird stuff like that. This cable is like way longer, though. Yeah. So, so yeah. maybe... Every, is, do you think it's long enough for everyone to pull in forward? Because... The idea uh, is if <laughs> some of them put the port at the front of the car, like yeah. the F-150 Lightning and the Porsche Taycan, some of them put the port at the back of the car, like, like Tesla, Tesla uh, and like Audi and, and Porsche and some others, or Porsches at the front. But the idea is if people are facing opposite directions, there's going to be weird gaps where like people park next to each other, but they both were intending to use the same charger. Oh. So maybe if the cable is long enough... It can reach the back of any car, and therefore everyone can p park like back in facing the same direction. I guess what this doesn't say in the proposal is where it gets placed, because right now it's pretty much it's not placed in the center of the parking it's spot, the right? Corner. So if this is in the center of every parking spot, as long as it can reach the, let's say the it's on the left, if the if it can reach the right side halfway point of the car, you should cover everything. Yeah. Right. If you are in the center of a spot, uh, yeah. as long as it can reach the opposite side, center of the longest car you can have, then yeah. you should be able to get front or back. It won't mean it won't. that you can... Oh, yeah, it'll it'll reach everything, yeah. but it won't mean that everyone can face one direction. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I think that's a tall task. Your yeah. cable would have to be like 20 feet it'll long, have to be, probably. Yeah, the length of every car, yeah. yeah that's yeah. yeah, I mean, that's better than V2 or yeah. V3. So for uh, 350 kilowatt hour right now, you've basically only got the Porsche Taycan and Kia EV6 that can charge at 350 kilowatt hour. But I the think the Ionic, yeah, I was gonna say, oh, I think the Ionic and the Kia are very similar, right? So I, okay, they might be. Wasn't the Ionic the fastest charging? I think the Taycan was okay, just 350 right, yeah. kilowatt hour. Okay. Um, but the Cybertruck, theoretically, if it ever comes out, is also supposed to support 350 kilowatts. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll get a slow transition of uh, V4 chargers, slow expansion of other cars, which is great because, honestly, we need cars that can charge faster than they currently do. Yeah, 
Like we're trying to get to the point where you can just like gas nozzle five minutes. That's the, that's the goal. That is a, and I think that's a realistic goal. I think if you, you drive electric long enough, you kind of learn like the best habits for charging. Like the lower your state of charge, the faster you will gain battery. Yeah. Um, but you're still, no matter how good you are at it, you're nowhere near gas. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. have an empty tank and you plug in, how long Wait, does that Wait, can I, we just take? say, you just called the charging port the gas in the nozzle and you just called gassing plugging in. Sorry, that oh, was, God. Sorry. <laughs> you guys like did the word switch with each other. <laughs> how long uh, does it take to fill up a, a tank of car, gas? A tank of, a zero like, to a hundred like full tank of gas. Literally like two to three gas. minutes. Yeah, yeah my tank of, minutes. my gas is 10 gallon tank, I think, something like that, 11 one gallons. Minute, it takes sure, like yeah. literally like two minutes. Yeah, one two to minutes. two minutes. Yeah. You have like a huge SUV or a truck. Yeah. There's definitely no more than five. Yeah. And if your max range on a full tank is like 600 miles or something. Oh, mine? No. Yeah. Four, mine is like three. Four to four. <laughs> so I'm just, probably. but the math would be like, that's like charging 200 miles a minute, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a good point because a gas, yeah. like 400 miles is still more than any EV. Right. So, and you're doing yeah. it faster. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to measure against gas, just in terms of how far you can travel and how little time it takes for you to charge, gas is approaching a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, sorry, electric is a, is approaching a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. at peak charging rates, it's a little a little over that right now. And gas is four hundred miles a minute. So, Actually, question for you guys. So, like, when I for the EV owners here, I mean, mm-hmm. when I fill up my tank, I pretty much make sure that the tank is like as close to empty as it can be before I fill it up. Are you guys ever letting it like you're supposed to only charge when it's below twenty percent? Okay. If you if you use a supercharger, so if you're at like sixty percent, you're not pulling up to start charging. Definitely not. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, if you do it in your house, then it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But like in my normal commute, because I just have a regular V two charger, or whatever at home. Uh, V two meaning level two. Sorry. Uh, I I get home at you know seventy percent or whatever every day, and I plug it in every night and go back to up to ninety. Yeah. And that's just like a normal habit. If yeah. you're road tripping. Uh, yeah, you try to get as low as possible because that's number one when it charges the fastest yeah. and number two, uh, the most efficient way to charge as few times as possible. Yeah. So would you like let it get low on a road trip and charge it up to like 60 instead of all the way to 100 and just keep stopping more frequently, but you charge it more efficiently? 80, it slows usually. down about 80%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The charging curve is like from zero to 80, it can amp up to, or zero to 70 ish. It amps up to like a thousand miles an hour. And then it dips to like 700 miles an hour until like 80, 85. And then it goes really slow. So if you, you were like, doing a road trip, do you think you would charge up to 100% every time or would no. you go up to no. No, definitely not because it takes 20 it, takes, it basically yeah. takes half an hour ish to charge from like zero to 80 percent and then it takes another half an hour to get from 80 to 100 oh, percent okay. yeah yeah that's not too bad then it's not that bad as we saw on the road trip like if you work that in with getting food and stuff it doesn't actually take mm-hmm. that much extra time but you still yeah. do have to think about like okay what other things can i do while i'm charging my car mm-hmm. like yesterday i wrote this podcast while i charged my car nice so yeah. you know, but and even like on top, like if you think about that road trip, you guys were charging efficiently minus day one in the. the well, Brandon the and I were not charging okay, well, efficiently, yeah. but even in the efficiently, the Trickling. the gas card smoked it. Still like, smoked it, it was, because there's and, no charging curve, and we were taking yeah. extra stops for food it's and linear. stuff because, like, yeah. But but again, we say gas all that. The one thing I always think about, that's all for road trips. When you guys talk about like charging to full and like every morning leaving your house 
full. It's pretty clutch. That may, yeah. Oh my god. If like you have no garage, range anxiety on that, ah. Uh, if you have a garage sense. and you can just always plug in when you get home, and it doesn't matter that you're just trickling because in the morning you'll be at ninety, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. When I had my garage that I was paying three fifty a month for, it was like ama- I literally never once thought about my range. Yeah. Yeah. And only now is my life terrible. That's such an awesome because it's not <laughs> yeah. just nice waking up in the morning. No, you don't have to stop in the, like never. But going home and being like. Oh, I'm so low and I don't feel like stopping in the morning. So I'm gonna go get gas now. Yeah, like, I know it's so little, but anything. just like I it just want to get home yeah, and I exactly. just want to wake up the next morning at full range. Yeah, yeah. that so kind think- of feels like a, a wireless charger. Like my crappy five yeah, watt charger, mm-hmm. I just leave my phone on there, and in the morning it's filled up. That's and a I don't have to yeah. think about it. great analogy of like how a wireless charger just always kind of has you ready if you're slowly doing it, but like in a pinch. A regular fast charger is like yeah. gas. Yeah, it's like the same. In that scenario, that's so much nicer. But when you're just like paying attention all the time and it's yeah. sitting on the wireless charger at night, it's just there. If my yeah. garage was like 200 a month and not 350, I would seriously consider it just for the ability to always. Although to, I charged my car yesterday and it cost me forty dollars to fill to fill it to like. 95 percent yeah it depends it seems like sometimes it is just as expensive as gas well it's uh, getting to the point where it might be worth it for me to get the garage again because i was filling for free oh i see and so also the time charging. that i'm saving yeah. like the hour every week that i'm saving. yeah free charging i would if you i think it's worth it so 350 a month yeah that's probably how much i spend in electricity and well i don't know i have to do the math but that seems yeah. like it's probably worth it especially for the peace of mind yeah, <laughs> and I'd have a place to park every day, which would yeah, also a place be to nice. park, which is expensive in the city, yeah. and a place to get free electricity every day, and yeah. you wake up with a full battery every day. Just, my car is costing me like <laughs> so much money now. It's so yeah, annoying. It's a lot. Anyway, I have one more quick question about this, mm-hmm. and I don't think it says it here, but at what point do we think these? So we're going to V four. They're going to start coming out. Do we think these are going to start replacing V one chargers, or do we think they're going to be full new? Because like, even if you're replacing a V one. The infrastructure you probably need at this much different of a wattage is almost starting new. But like, at what point do you just not want V1 chargers anymore because they're just slow? It's a good question. I mean, V1 is it's slow, but it's still much faster than any level two charger. So like 75 kilowatts is like I would be kind of disappointed in pulling up and figuring out it's it's a 75 kilowatt charger, but I'd still do it Mm -hmm. just because I need it in a pinch. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what Tesla's strategy is as far as installing new chargers. It seems like they're they're launching new sites all the time. Yeah. And I don't really see too many V2s being replaced by V3s. I just see new sites and their V3s. So I don't know. I I would have to look at a map and like see, oh, it turns out they are replacing a bunch of V2s with V3s. I don't really yeah. know. But yeah. I think when they pull out V4s, there's just going to be a bunch of new sites. New all sites. I know is that they're just going to need a lot of new chargers as everybody starts transitioning to NICS. So they have till 2025, theoretically, yeah. till those cars Not start shipping totally. with it. 2024 is going to start having the adapters, though, that will come with like the yeah. Fords and stuff. Yes. So like, but I think as far as like rollout, because most people don't get new cars immediately, like you'll slowly start to see it roll out. And then in 2025, 2026... Those those new cars will start hitting the road, and you'll slowly start to see it ramp up. So they have until then to to really build a lot of new chargers. I yeah, feel like and other manufacturers that are not just Tesla. True, because they're just using the port. So like another part of this proposal is that uh, ChargePoint six thousand series EV chargers will now be twenty two kilowatt. So twenty two. It says an associated equipment cabinets. So basically, it's pretty slow. It's very slow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, currently ChargePoint is literally like. That's one, like level one. two. Yeah, my home charger is like 12 a hamster kilowatts. wheel. Yeah, basically. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of third parties that have also signed on to use NACS. Um, mm-hmm. They can also build it out. Hopefully, they're reliable at all, unlike currently. So that'd be nice. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. We basically just need there to be like as many chargers as there are gas pumps. And yeah, yeah. There's a headline in here. Do you want to break this down? It's sure. It's about Google and Android, and yeah. it blew my mind actually a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so Google is actually going to finally start pushing Android developers really hard to make apps have much better large screen support. Ah. Yeah, this only ever really happens if you're making your own product that does the thing. Hmm. (laughs) And now that Google has the Pixel Fold and the Pixel Tablet, they finally have all these large screen Android devices. And I I realized yesterday... There are three of us in this office that are mainlining the Pixel Fold right now. Facts. It's me, you, and Alex. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of, just to bring a new voice into here, Alex is going to take my spot for this section. And now, so that I can cut to this camera angle, Alex is back. Whoa! Wow. Three Pixel Fold users in one room. <laughs> you were Andrew How often before. does that happen? Look at, let's put them all next to each other. You have a case on yours, actually. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not. I, I just have it. a clean black. Are you, what color is yours, actually? Is it also? Mine's also black. Also black? I okay. did see the gold one uh, at Linus Tech Expo this weekend. Someone had it. And Wait, that, there's a gold one? There's a, yeah. It's like a bron- bronzy Ooh. gold. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. really pretty color. That's what I get for being um, an early adopter. <laughs> I am putting the light. I'm going to put the light uh, leather D-brand skin on this, though. Nice. I'm excited for that. So now we've been using, so I've had this since launch. We've had this these phones for a couple weeks now. How long have you had Pixel Fold, Alex? Two weeks, A I month? Think? Oh, 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 okay. I got mine like the end of June. Okay, so we've yeah. all had sort of... I've had mine for like two weeks now. Yeah, experiences, mm-hmm. probably pros, cons, things we like, things we don't like. Mm-hmm. The headline for this is that Google is starting to push for developers to make more apps optimized for the inside screen. Yeah. I want to ask how much each of you are currently using the inside screen because I still, to this day, I would say I use the inside screen 10% of the time on this phone. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's about accurate. Okay. Yeah, I think I use the outside screen, about, but that's a to me, that's a testament to how good the outside screen is. Yeah. I find it very enjoyable. And that's like, like, so I brought this up to Andrew. It would be funny if he was in the room that I could call him on this. But like, he was like, "How are you liking it so far?" And I was like, "I find I'm using the outside screen a lot more. Yeah, like probably like 85, 90 percent of the time." And he was like, "Oh, good thing you got the phone with the giant screen on the inside. You can use the outside screen all the time." And I was like, "No, but that's sort of my. I like that. Like, yeah. I tried using a, a Z Fold, and I didn't like it because I didn't like the outside screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was my biggest issue with it. And because I'm like." On you know daily use, I want to just use this outside screen and be able to get a text message off, read you know yeah. read stuff, whatever. But then like, for example, I was telling my mom about a trip I took to California the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, here's some photos. Oh wait, <laughs> let me just like o- open this real quick and show, show you, like, you on a big ass screen, exactly a big butt screen. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that, that's I think that's the use case, like using it for like games videos you know stuff like that i would love if there there was a little better support for inside apps though like for certain stuff but certain stuff is pretty enjoyable like if you open text messages in here from the google messages app if that's what you use Mm -hmm. it'll automatically split screen it if you open a link which is pretty sick so then you can still have your messages open yeah on the side and then have like it'll automatically pop open the the link so there's a lot of stuff like that there's cool little things so if you're if you're using google's own apps Mm -hmm. i find most of them yeah a lot of (laughs) google's like youtube studio doesn't do it but a lot of google's own apps yeah 
uh, have awesome experiences on the inside screen. So for the 10% of the time that I use it, which for me is like uh, web browsing, emailing people back, mm-hmm. I'll have, I'll like reference web browser stuff and like flip back and forth. The calendar, managing the calendar, mm-hmm. or for whatever reason, I'm in spreadsheets all the time for like Frisbee team logistics spreadsheets. So we just, I just have it. Oh, I open it up. There's like a big screen for that. Great. But there are a lot of third party apps that just look terrible on yeah. the inside screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instagram is kind of the most common one, which yeah. is hilarious because if you pull it up on, let's say, an iPad, there's no iPad app, so it's just a blown up iPhone app. <laughs> they stubbornly don't do it. What's funny is Samsung will just like force it to fit yeah. on the inside screen. And it looks like a stretch version, but it looks looks better. It looks mm-hmm. good. Versus on the Pixel Fold, there are just columns on either side. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a couple other apps like that that are not updated. Do you have you played games that support the inside screen? I don't. Yeah, think I, found I any. played. I played some Angry Birds. That works. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I still play scales. Angry Birds. Nice. I love Angry Birds. Okay. Uh, it it works on there. It looks pretty cool. Okay. Um, that's the only game I've played though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge game. I don't get. Do you do stuff on the inside I, screen? I don't. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what's up? what stuff do you do on the inside screen and how the, much do you use it? The best okay, so the best part of the inside screen is viewing photos is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's so cool because these phones have really great resolution anyway, mm-hmm. and like viewing them on a huge screen is cool. And then watching YouTube videos. Those are basically the two use cases that I've found are useful. Do you do like the f- half folded no YouTube videos? No. I started doing that because of the aspect ratio. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have bezels no matter wh- or uh, black bars no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started like propping it up on like a. I tried doing that on the plane and I was like I prefer to just like hold it and watch it. Yeah. Um. I don't love web browsing with it because I don't like split keyboards and like split typing with my fingers. Like I don't have the like muscle memory to know where the letters are. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever do this and flip it turn it sideways? Way? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But. But yeah, the the watching YouTube videos and viewing photos part, I think, is really great. Um, I think, obviously, it makes sense to have it be closed and just use it closed all the time because the screen is higher quality. You don't get the divot in the center. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I will say I tried so hard to do the whole, like, two apps side by side, like, multitasking faster thing. Yeah. And I found it was more cumbersome than just using the quick quick app switch Boomer. on the front i think we're we're, <laughs> we're really used to the like quick app switching and yeah. i still do that a lot on the outside screen it just feels like the few times that i actually open up the pixel fold yeah. my brain goes oh we're doing something important here uh-huh. and i just start doing i take advantage of more of those features when yeah. i'm opening the phone um so I, and i don't know that's like i I do wish some things were different about it, but yeah. I, I feel like I've calibra- calibrated myself to that experience. I tried to use the split screen thing, and it's like I was trying to log into my Air Canada account. So I was like, oh, this is great because I have all like the information for my airplane number and all this stuff stored in my Google Keep. So I have Google Keep on one half and, mm-hmm. the, and the Air Canada app on the other half. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. I don't know. It wasn't really better. I, I really like just multitasking quickly. Um, but I think the things I like the most about this phone are the aspect ratio of the front screen because I like the closer to 16 by 9. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's like a throwback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like, yeah, watching videos, doing photos on, photos on the inside screen is really great. You know what I've done on the inside screen that I feel like would be useful for you based off how I see how you use workflow technology on your on your <laughs> computer, like like when you're researching and stuff, uh-huh. doing a side by side Google Doc and web browser. Uh-huh. Solid. 
it's nice for like cutting and pasting, researching, jotting down notes, whatever. Yeah, I've used it for that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I, copying and pasting left to right windows is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do that and a lot. in Android 14, you're going to be able to drag and drop text from one window to another. That's that nice. Sounds which sick. is really cool. You don't have to do yeah. the whole copy paste. You just drag it. I did cool. one thing recently in emails because if you want to attach multiple things to an email, typically you'd ha- in like a single screen phone, like a yeah. normal phone, it's a, a normal process. In this phone, I had Google Photos on one half and I had the emails on the other half. You just dragged the photo. And I like selected a photo and then started selecting other photos and I just dragged a handful of photos over and it just dropped them all in the email and attached them in a list. And in that moment, I was like, that's why I got this That's phone. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. why I got this phone. The worst part about this phone for me is that when I'm holding it, the volume rocker is right where my thumb is. And I turn the volume down all the time by mm-hmm. accident. And then when I have it open. I do that too. When I have it open, if I have it like this, yep. I'll, I'll also turn the volume up <laughs> or, yeah. or lock the phone. And or, it's really annoying. Yeah, either lock the phone yeah. or accidentally long press it. And then it's like, Google Assistant, what do you want? I'm like, nothing, yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about what Google is trying to do with push these uh, third-party app developers. Okay. So they are now, starting this month, they said starting in August. Starting. Yeah. <laughs> starting. They're going to raise the visibility of apps that resize appropriately. Just and, starting. Yeah, just, just starting. Just going to start it's, doing that. Yeah, well. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're going to basically make them part of the Google Play Editor's Choice apps. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to display warnings on apps if they don't display well on large screens. Sick. Which is kind of crazy. It's just going to be like, hey, if you use a tablet, this is going to suck. None of your social media apps will look good. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I think, I don't know if it was specifically this, but I saw something about, like, if you have it open and you're in Google Play, like, if you're on a large screen mode in Google Play, it'll show the large screen screenshots, whereas if you're just closed, it'll oh, show the small screen. That's so. clever. So, I was yeah. just going to say, I was saying to Andrew, hasn't Apple been doing this for, like, nine years or something like when you open the app store on an ipad Mm -hmm. there's a little filter at the top that says would Mm -hmm. you like to see apps made for ipad yeah Mm -hmm. and that's but how long has the ipad existed versus large screen android phones well or tablets large screen android phones but android tablets like true the motorola zoom that's back in the day there was a couple optimized apps there Mm -hmm. like gmail was split screen back in the day it just feels like they should have been Google just like gives up on things so much. Like they made Honeycomb, which was supposed to be like the tablet, the the fork of Android that became the tablet. Mm-hmm. Version. I forgot about that, and I just got so triggered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! What was that first tablet called? The the Zoom, the Motorola Zoom, the Motorola Zoom, yeah. yeah, and the Atrix as mm-hmm. well. I loved that thing. But they made mm-hmm. they literally made one version of Android that was made for tablets, and then yeah. they just gave up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, it had hollow. It had like the yeah, it had, the like yeah. glowing ice blue cream sandwich yeah. hollow. Yeah, but now they're just pushing that all into Android 14, which is good. Um, Do you think it'll be an Android 15, or is this going (laughs) to stay with Android 14? Depends on how well the Pixel Fold does. Yeah, if there's a a Pixel Fold 2, which we don't know, uh, I would hope so. There has to be. At this point, there better be. There has to be a 2. I don't know about a 3, but there has to be. You say that, but this is Google we're talking about. Yeah. Like, I I agree with you. This is a first-gen product. you got to see it through. Second-gen's got to be in the works. But yeah, but there's anyway. a lot of products that are there's a lot of apps that just like show giant black bars on the sides like mm-hmm. X Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, Instagram. this is maybe one of my biggest like annoyances. Do you, do you guys see the ones that so like X, for example, is designed to be OK in this format, like the vertical. Oh, God. Mm. But then when you open it on horizontal, it takes up like 
just right. over half yeah. the screen, and that's yep. for whatever reason that annoys the crap out of me. It takes up like a little more than what it's allowed. Oh, but then if you turn yeah. it the other way, it does go full screen. Yeah, oh. it's weird. I didn't yeah. even know that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. Okay, hot tip to Pixel Fold, fold owners: if you turn all seven you, of you, it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> three of them are in this room. So the other four of you, let's uh, oh. let's address you directly. <laughs> oh, look at that going. So yeah. X Lion. X in that aspect ratio when you turn it will fill the whole screen. Full screen. Yeah, and uh, the way I think about this phone is it's it's a sideways. Z fold, so Rot- yeah, rotating. yeah. So like this is a Z fold right mm-hmm. here. If you turn the pixel fold on its side, and then this, if you turn the pixel fold the way it, it opens, is a Z fold. It's just sideways. awkward because like you're you naturally open your phone like this, mm-hmm. and to just have to do this for like most apps to make them actually fill mm-hmm. the screen is not great. No, it's not fantastic. Yeah, so. No. Yeah, anyway. I love that though. It reminds me of a Nintendo DS or something. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm glad Google's doing that. Hopefully, it actually makes a difference. Fingers crossed. Doubt, but we'll see. Developers, get on it, please. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last take on the on the Pixel Fold. I want everyone's favorite and least favorite thing about it since they've started using it. You said the buttons were your least favorite. Is that actually your least favorite? Yeah. All right. What's ba- your... My battery life has actually been fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine has been too. I, really? I, I think it's done the traditional pixel curve of getting better for me. I've been waiting for mine to do that. Mm. It hasn't done it. Really? I am on the yeah. Android 14 beta, and that has some more uh, battery enhancements. I'm not, and it's still okay. It's still cooking for me. Yeah. I okay. don't know. What's your favorite thing about it? Um, it's split between the aspect ratio of the front screen, which is just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's just nice having a 16 by 9 esque phone, and then also just um viewing youtube videos on the inside screen it's really nice really cool alex what about you favorite and least favorite i think mine's the outside screen too that's the difference maker i think that's that's why i went that's why i tried it and then was like this is good enough to keep like i had every intention of potentially returning this thing interesting and like sold you just because you loved using that because i like the outside screen and and like honestly like i think the aspect ratio is great too and like the size of it is very pleasing for whatever reason like it's sort of Andrew talks about it with like the the Zen phone. I don't know if he's dropped this take on the podcast yet, but like where he's like, I kind of like having a smaller phone because it makes me want to be on my phone a little less, like, sure. but in a good way, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And this is like enjoyable to use, so I can use it as much as I want to use it. And yet, having a slightly smaller screen makes me be like, for whatever reason, just clicks in my head of like, oh, maybe I should, you know, put my phone away and enjoy life a little. I think more this is the proper shape for a foldable. Mm-hmm. Just like being, you're gonna use it closed most of the time, mm-hmm. but then when it's useful to open it up you open it up versus samsung's which is like this is a really awkward aspect ratio until you have it open it's like samsung focused first on the inside screen and the outside screen was sort of an awkward result Mm -hmm. yeah and this one felt like the opposite you remember the Mm -hmm. first generation fold that had like the i mean that's (laughs) when you look at that phone like they didn't care about the outside screen (laughs) they cared about the inside screen that outside screen is like the same size as like the the it's other so foldables tiny. now. It's you know what I mean? The size of like a, a palm, palm phone, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's so tiny. Oh, we, I actually almost did a video comparing the size. It's bigger than the palm phone, but it is uh, not by much. Not by much. Yeah. Least but favorite yeah. thing. Least favorite thing. I mean, I think it's just the lack of optimized apps so far on mm-hmm. the inside. I mean, it, fe- it still feels early on, but th- this is the same feeling I've had with every Google tablet I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I've tried to get on Google tablets a few times, and every time I've been like, no. Like, I had a Galaxy Tab A4, I think, mm-hmm. and I I liked it, and I liked Dex. Dex was pretty cool, but, like, I was, like, just in a normal Android tablet, 
application, this kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. And I, I sort of feel similar, like, I don't want to say that this sucks on the inside, but it's not there yet. Like, it's just, it feels too early. So, like, hopefully with this adding them incentivizing people to make the apps more optimized inside, that'll help. But right now, that is, like, my least favorite software thing. And then the hardware thing is is the button placement, for sure. Like, it, yeah. it is annoying that, like, because I do, I do use that, like, little hack of turning it this way a lot. And then I find, like, my pinky is constantly hitting the, mm -hmm. the, the button, power the button bottom. and either turning it off or or hitting Google Assistant. Yeah. Um, and, and that interrupts whatever I'm trying to do. And obviously, we want everything to be as tight as we can Seamless. when we're using our devices so yeah. it, that's a little unintuitive i don't know how they fix that though um i will say i'll suggest <laughs> a way to fix it because this is one of my favorite things about this phone is i actually like that the power button being the fingerprint reader is fast and works mm -hmm. really well but i do feel like these buttons are a little too loose mm -hmm. like they're too easy to press so if you look at like um an iphone uh, a samsung phone the buttons are clicky but they take mm -hmm. a little more effort to press mm -hmm. so if you like just hold the phone on the side. You mm. won't actually press the button. Let's tighten up those buttons a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Adding then, a little more oomph would probably help. Yeah, yeah. less accidental presses. And maybe separate buttons for the button for the volume rocker too. Like some, an yeah, up button, it's down like button. a choice. Some of them do the rocker like this. Mm. Some of them will do separate buttons. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the rocker makes it a little looser, and mm -hmm. if they had separate buttons, they'd be firmer. Mm -hmm. So that's a good suggestion for them. I will say my least favorite thing is still the battery life, but uh, my favorite thing is the fingerprint reader and the front aspect ratio. So that. That is our uh, little micro discussion on uh, probably half the Pixel Fold users in North America <laughs> right now. It's a pretty good density in the studio. Uh, but we should we should bring Andrew back to do trivia. Alex, thanks for joining us. Of course. If they want to hear more of your voice on podcasts, I hear you you have one as well. Yeah, locked on Knicks. If you're a Knicks fan, I don't know. I don't know what the fan. what the Venn diagram is there, but it's there's a couple in zero. Yeah, greater than <laughs> there's zero. There's one in this room, I know, so that's yep. cool. <laughs> yep, Dad is two, so that's that's at least two people. There you so, go. <laughs> there you go. Let's grab Andrew. Let's do some trivia. All right, welcome back, Andrew. Thank uh, you. We uh, we had a little. Pixel Fold inside discussion. Sorry you couldn't be a part of it. Inside. Inside. With your small discussion single inside. screen phone. Yeah, my phone is probably like the size of one of these sides. Oh yeah. my god, that's actually really close. Yeah. But uh now we're we're doing some trivia, so we gotta we, we gotta get to trivia. So first question. Well, I don't need the marker yet. Yeah. <laughs> what year was the Google Play Store launched? Bonus point if you get the month. Another bonus point if you get the day. Wait, Google Play Store yes. or the Android Marketplace? No, the Google Play Store. Oh, okay. Okay. So, All right. so what day did they start calling it the Play Store, mm -hmm. basically? Okay. What year, month, or day? One point each. Okay. Should we give another point for hour? No. Weather that day? <laughs> Two points. Shirt worn. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. 
So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. All right, we are back. So more Google news. There's actually a lot of Google news this week, surprisingly. Um, Something that we've been waiting for for a very long time that seemed like the very natural accelerant of this large language model chat GPT thing Mm -hmm. is that Google is now going to supercharge the Google Assistant with generative AI and Bard support. Send it. Which seems like something that made sense for a very long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have these large language models that are creating all of this text. Naturally, Google has really good uh, voice AI stuff with Mm -hmm. Google Assistant. Makes sense that now you would ask it a question and it would just be able to tell you an answer. Well, you got to be careful, though. Because it is Google. Yes. And you remember our angle on Google versus like maybe just a Bing thing where Bing has a lot to gain so they can go a little crazy. Yeah. And you know how people, remember when Siri first came out, everyone immediately tries to break it. They yeah. just start asking it insane questions. Totally. For all of that activity, it already kind of had a built-in failsafe of like, we didn't really account for this command, so we're just going to do a web search or just tell you we don't know. Yeah. If you pull it in a random insane query into Bard... It'll give you an answer. It'll just tell you something. Yeah. And that answer might not necessarily be real. Yeah. And I don't know if Google wants that right so, away. An interesting thing, um, both in the Google generative experience that they have for search right now, and also just Google in general and transformers in general, is when you're training one of these transformers, you can train it to be more accurate versus more creative. Mm-hmm. The accuracy just means that it will more directly pull from, from sources. Source, right. Um, and I think the Google generative experience does that pretty hardcore to the point where there's a lot of writers that are saying, it's literally scraping my website and saying the exact same phrases that are on my website. Hmm. Which is kind of funny because currently Google Assistant already, it already goes like, according to Wikipedia, and then it mm-hmm. says the exact chunk that's on Wikipedia. Right. So it so. It's, so it has that where if there are certain types of phrases or things that it knows and it's like scraped and already in the knowledge graph where if you ask like how how tall is this person what's this person's birthday how old is this person you can usually get an answer straight from Wikipedia according to Wikipedia or according to this website yeah like we've scraped a lot of these sites and we'll say it say that but Bard often doesn't tell you the source yeah and so it just kind of says an answer. And I don't know how much Google wants to, like, have the assistant start just saying things if it doesn't have a good answer or a good source for them. I mean, it's going to pull from a source no matter what, right? Because it kind of has to in order to of course. answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is naive, but, like, when I'm asking just my Google Home, it's usually something really quick I want. It's not like I'm, like, writing up an article and I'm like, hey, G-Word, I need, like, this. It's more like, 
oh, I'm watching TV and I forgot who that per- what other show I think that's X how most actor is and like it. so I wouldn't not that I wouldn't care that it's not accurate but I'd be like less worried like I hate when I ask a simple question it's like according to Wikipedia yeah. it is this yeah also they're five nine and they've like they yeah. were born on this day it's like just chill yeah like understand I just want a very simple my guess here. as well is that it's just going to be a much more natural language esque assistant right you can just have regular conversations with it I do like that but for the hard data parts it'll probably be tailored to pulling the hard data so if you're just having a conversation or you like ask it a question it'll be like oh yeah Marquez um let me check my sources. Okay, over here it says, and then data poll. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to know? You know, that kind of thing. And the yeah. cool thing about Transformers too is because like the way they work, every single time you like ask a query, it'll pull different stuff. It'll say something different. So that'll make it so it's not like, according to Wikipedia, it'll just be like, all right, today I found that looks like on Wikipedia, this is this is this. And then the next time it might be like, yeah, let me search that for you. Uh, on Wikipedia today, it did blah, 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 blah. So it feels a little more natural. It feels more natural. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for like more natural in like assistant in my homes and stuff like that, though, yeah. because I feel like with all this like generative AI chatbot things we're doing, I'm getting used to asking some of them a little more like regular conversation questions. Right. And when I do it at home now, it's just like, I don't understand. I, an yeah. example, I was. In my car, actually, I was driving home and I wanted to listen to this song. And it was, remember, we went and saw Sammy Ray and the Friends and mm-hmm. a band opened for them. Mm-hmm. I forgot that band's name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't remember the name of the song. And I tried to be like, Google smart. And I pressed, I was like, who was the band that opened for Sammy Ray um, at Summer Stage? And I'm like, this feels easy. Yeah. I feel like Google should figure that out. Mm-hmm. I just could be like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. I can't figure it I out. I feel like it would be able to get that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, a, a better conversation piece in these things where you're just sitting in your living room or your car and you can't yeah. actually yeah. like that sounds really nice that sounds like a pretty ideal use case yeah there's also a lot of we were talking about how how we use assistant and then i think there's also a difference in how sometimes they portray people using assistant which is how they want people to use assistant which may be a little more of uh give me a recipe for this thing and then they just start making the recipe i don't know if you've ever done this have you ever done this they go, hey, give me a recipe for pumpkin bread. No, because and I then don't it have goes, all right, food in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like go, all right, here's it. a recipe. It shows up on the screen. And they just go, all right, here's my. They just start yeah. making whatever it tells them to make, and it's yeah. like I don't know that anyone does that. Well, because you need to go buy the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I need to like check the first five recipes to make sure I like the first one. Yeah. There's there's all sorts of other weird things about it, but you yeah, guys I need more that, stuff in your kitchen pantry. Not, I, I mean, banana bread's an easy one, but there's just all kinds of weird. Or or remember how there's a. ChatGPT might have done this. Someone told it what was in the fridge, and they said, "What can I make?" Yeah, those Bing. Okay, yeah. yeah, that seems like something that would be helpful. Yeah, for assistants and there are websites do. that can do that. So, oh, yeah. okay. Well, assistant can't currently do it. Mm. So it'd be nice if I could go. I've take got a picture. Oh yeah, that'd be even better. Tell assistant, hey, what can I make? Yeah, take a picture of the inside of your fridge and be like, "What can or I?" Or use your this? Samsung smart fridge that's already looking inside it. <laughs> oh, when you ask it, now it just we're talking. generally it knows what you have already. That's yeah, kind of creepy, but kind of yeah. awesome. Also, maybe the language model will just understand that when I ask for a conversion of gallons to cups or whatever <laughs> it does, it doesn't need to teach me the equation afterwards. Right. 
I ain't paying you for that. that. Yeah. yeah, mine never does that, but yours seems so. Mine does. I hate it so much. It's the worst like, part of it. How many cups are in a gallon? To convert cups to gallons, I'm like, no, no, no. It always tells you the answer, and then it's like, here's the answer you need, and I'm starting to pour, and then it's just like, if you ever want to do this in the future, you just take blah, blah, blah by 1.38. Yeah. I kind of like that, though. I hate it. It gets carried away sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of my assistant being more like a Jarvis kind of thing you can mm-hmm. just have natural communications with. Yeah. Yeah. Jarvis. And then over time, maybe some ambient computing stuff, you know, just happening in the background. I think one of the actually my favorite improvements to iOS 17 in that standby mode is that you can just talk to Siri from across the room and it keeps responding as long as you talk until you just say like, thank you or I'm done. Hmm. And I did this in the demo video where I just asked it a question. I said, what's the weather in... Birmingham today and it told me the answer and then I said what about this weekend I didn't have to say hey assistant mm-hmm. again I didn't have to like ask it again I just kept talking like a normal conversation mm-hmm. and I think if assistant can do more of that in general they should all be doing more of that just sort of natural language processing along the way and then when you're done you're done yeah so I think that's that's pretty sweet for moving towards that yeah, yeah. you yeah. do have listed here that it's um focusing on mobile first though so yes. that's like what we're talking about isn't exactly it'll that, probably be on the phone yeah, first but hopefully it'll move to that eventually yeah. and i think that's cool i do wonder really quick i was talking about android auto uh, that would still be considered mobile right because mm-hmm. it's just pulling from my phone yeah anyways. yeah yeah okay. pulls from your phone assistant yeah yeah cool um <laughs> google is also starting a find my device network like an AirTag competitor mm-hmm. and they announced it a while ago but oh, it got yeah, delayed I'm excited for this because I lost my bag on my last trip and I don't have an iPhone. And yeah. I was like, I'm going, should bring an AirTag on my next trip. And I didn't, but mm. I should have. And then I wouldn't have to if this was around. Story time. Um, so I use Pixel Fold now, but I mm-hmm. keep the iPhone on me because it's like a universal remote for a lot of the Apple services that are really useful to me. <laughs> yesterday, literally yesterday, I was, uh, my friend's looking for a new job. So we were going around to different bars and cafes and dropping off her resume and stuff. And I brought my camera with me because I always bring a camera with me and I had my AirTag on it. And at the end of the evening, I was like, where's my camera? <laughs> oh God, it could be any of these nine places. We were the so, most David story. Yeah, that's yeah. why on my camera I now have an AirTag and I have a little thing that says, if found, please call me at this phone number. It's only one camera, so it's not the a typical David. David. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, But I had to, so I hotspot from my Pixel Fold to give my iPhone data just so I can look on the wow. Find My Network where my phone is, or my, my, where my camera is. Yeah. And it showed me exactly where it was. Awesome. I went back to that bar. I said, did you find a camera? They said, yep, here you go. Wow. Saves your life. So if if Google can, can make a competitor, that'd mm-hmm. be great because there are pretty much just as many Android phones out there in the U.S. as there are iPhones. And in other countries, AirTags are probably kind of not useless, but not nearly as powerful. Their advantage is not nearly as big. Mm-hmm. An-, an Android version of this, and basically every other country that's not the U.S. is going to be massive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would. I would still in the camp of like AirTags are one of Apple's best inventions, best products of the last couple of, of the last maybe decade. Yeah. Just because they're just so everyday person universally useful. Yeah. And the the lock in of just AirTags, like there's an AirTag in each of our uh, tripod bags. So if we ever check a bag, I get to follow it and know exactly where it is. I never have any confusion about whether it's can't lie to you it anymore. made it on the plane or not. Like, you can't yeah. lie to me. I know where the bag is. How uh-huh. do you know? Because I'm looking at it. Yeah. Like, I can see the location. All kinds of uses for AirTags. And so to have sort of a, a equivalent that's just available and takes the same advantage of the, the devices that are everywhere for Android 
is so clutch, so sick. I can't wait for this to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it seems like, what was it, a settings leak and there's some more granular control? Yeah, so they're giving you a lot more granular control. So when Apple first launched AirTags, they got in a lot of heat because obviously <laughs> it was like stalking people. And then there was, there was also a thing where... Um, it would be like, this AirTag's following you, and you're just like, ah, and you don't know when to have it on, and just people with privacy issues. Mm-hmm. So Google's been thinking a lot about that, and I think that's why they delayed the rollout. So now they have all these uh, different controls. So you can make it so you can turn them off fully whenever you want. You can just turn off this AirTag mm-hmm. so it's not being used. You can enable it to find devices offline so that it uses like GPS pinging of different phones. Um, you can have it so it can only be only turn on in high traffic areas. So like if you go to an airport and there's like a lot of phones in a dense area, then it's easier to find your thing. Mm. You know, maybe you need to ping your bag on the conveyor belt in an airport or something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, they just have like, they have a ton of settings in the app. The settings got leaked, so. It's funny, this is almost like we're used to seeing Apple right. have things second and yeah. being like, oh, these are all the hardships that they worked through as a new product. Like mm-hmm. we have that fixed. For once, Apple did that and it's we got reverse. to watch them suffer a little totally. bit. Apple does it first, Google does it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of normal. It this is, is the yeah. thing, because the most annoying thing about AirTags or about the whole Find My thing is how often you get pinged and don't want to. I get told that I left my iPhone behind yeah. every day. Like I, yeah. I walk to a different room in the studio. It's like, hey, did you know you don't have your phone? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I need oh, that. Did you know you're, but it's with me. It's yeah. just not on me. Well, even if it's you know? on you, like I'll have my camera around my neck and I'll get a ping that's like, you left your camera behind. I'm like, no, it is oh, around my neck. that's just wrong then. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. it's wrong So let me dig into the settings and be like, and there's often a button comes up that says like, trust this location, but I still want to know if I leave my keys at work and leave work. So I can't hit trust this location because if I do yeah, leave work, it's not going to tell me. Inside. So I do need it to tell me, but I need to be more accurate. I need settings. Yeah, I need the settings to help me dial this in. Mm-hmm. I need and this so Google's so doing it right, where Apple is just like, you know, they, they they obviously have a great product. What this but does track is that Google's giving you settings and Apple's not. That's exactly, that's <laughs> pretty much on track. Yeah, yeah. This pretty, is, pretty perfect. This is yeah. funny. I didn't know AirTags did that. The Probably one of the most used features on my watch is the ring your phone button, Yeah. Um, which I use on my like Google Home as well a lot also. But when I'm in a place where I feel comfortable, I just, I like don't carry things in my pocket. I just put them down. The amount of times I leave my phone somewhere in this office and then just go, I haven't seen it in a few hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it is. Like if it actually pinged me to be like, uh, you walked away. So it, it would Relax. tell you you walked away and you'd be like, where did you walk away? And it would just tell you the address and you'd oh. have to go look it up and see if you can dig and in, then I would, in the okay. app. So it's yeah. not much different. It then. gets pretty annoying. Okay. It gets pretty annoying. I think Apple needs to be adding some settings. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. <laughs> They're not going to. Yeah. All right. I think we have, we have time for another ad break and another trivia section. Sounds good. <laughs> that was pretty that good. That was pretty good. Also, Zuzu is so freaking cute right now. Oh, dude. my. Oh, year. my Lord. For the uh, audio listeners, Zuzu is Adam's dog who is uh, here with us today. Insanely adorable. And she's sleeping, and one of her floppy ears is propped up on the wall. Ugh. There's always something about dogs that have floppy ears and the ears stand in some position somehow, or it's very adorable. Anyway, trivia question number two Google Play was created when what three Google services combined? Doing a Google Play week. Wow. Interesting. 
<laughs> three? I don't know it was three. All right. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. Last week, Kanye West accused one of the biggest Twitch streamers of being an industry plant. It's an idea that comes up so often on platforms like TikTok and elsewhere. You see people who have blown up seemingly overnight. And the question is, who's behind them, right? That's what everyone wants to know. Tipping the scales and pulling the lever to make them seemingly the next it thing on the internet. This week on Power User, is it even possible to create an industry plant on the internet? And if so, how? All right, welcome back. We got one last section to, to talk about some quick stuff. I feel like iPhone 15 rumors are kind of spinning up a lot. It's because August now. It's a month away. September <laughs> is a month away, and we are starting to get uh, a whole bunch of the most interesting iPhone 15 stuff. I kind of want to summarize it all. I think iPhone 15 Pro also is a more interesting one, definitely, because that seems like the one we're going to where we're going to see the most new stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll, I'll scroll down this list a little bit for you guys, and maybe give me your reactions. I'll also have some of my own. First reaction: thinner bezels. Do we care? It's not thir- care so much. 30% thinner bezels. Slightly thinner bezels. I mean, cool. The most we get yeah. to full screen, full screen, the, the it's, better. It's going to look just like the the old phone, just a slightly thinner bezel. <laughs> it's one of those things that will look nicer. We'll all see it and be like, that's really nice. And, and then no one else will like really yeah. understand the yeah. difference. Yeah. I mean, 30% of that small of a bezel already. Yeah. It's a very minuscule bezel. Yeah. And already uniform bezels. Not super you know not amazing but okay cool uh titanium frame so moving from our precious 
We have aluminum on the non-pro, and we have stainless steel on the pro right now. Titanium. titanium. How are we feeling about? Is that what the Apple Watch <laughs> Ultra is made of? Uh, let's look it up. I think it's titanium. It's obviously super important. Also, my Fuji Film TX1 is titanium, and I really like that material. Isn't there a song called Titanium? Apple Watch Ultra uh, is made with titanium. That's right. As they call it, aerospace grade titanium. Oh, that's because they use titanium. They use titanium in, in space, so now it's aerospace grade titanium. Okay. Like you can say you use um, aerospace grade mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, exactly. <laughs> they probably exactly. got different mayonnaise in outer space. They have powdered no mayonnaise. Way. No, they have regular mayonnaise. Anything liquid has Sports to be different. The same. But well, look, yeah, mayonnaise is kind of a liquid. So anyway, titanium phone. How do we feel about uh, slightly different material on the? It's going to be lighter. Because is that of, lighter than steel? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's a game really changer. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to the whole Apple ecosystem. This now. feels like one of those things where like Apple knows they can't or don't want to make the phone exactly the same as last year, so they need something to make it look and feel just a little different from last year so yeah. you know that's the new one they don't use the s model any the s thing anymore right so every year they actually uh, do have to do something slightly different like from 12 to 13 they made the um the notch smaller 13 to 14 they made dynamic island right. 14 to 15 so now every year you get at least sli- a slight change in look yeah and i think that's so people can that's look at apple. it and be like that's the new one exactly that's <laughs> yeah. exactly I, I literally think that's the primary thing they're trying to accomplish yeah. with that it so is but that. it's like every year you have to have that like note at the end of the video like if you're upgrading from last year it's probably not worth it because it's only this minuscule difference yeah. this year it's gonna be like it's titanium yeah if you really want titanium upgrade yeah. other than and that sli- smaller bezels and, and slightly smaller bezels. i'm sure it'll have a better camera but something every year. here's one we've talked about a little bit but we can give a quick synopsis action button might be replacing the mute switch but you could have it be a mute switch. yeah so we didn't talk about that last time we just talked about it having an action button mm. but now the rumor is that button will be replacing the mute switch um, I think, yeah, it could be the mute switch. Mm-hmm. It could be something else. I think it would be really sick if you could map that to like your focus mode or even a GPS location. So doesn't the Apple Watch Ultra like have dynamic uh, action button? It has the action button and you can map in the watch app what you want it to do, which is a couple small things. Can that things. be based on location? I think no. we, I think that was like so, something we said would be really cool okay. when that happens. Like, yeah. imagine you're working out at you're on the, the gym or the track. Yeah. That action button is relevant to where yeah. what position yeah. you're. So in. when you're inside an app, yes. Like if I'm in a track workout, it can detect that I'm at a track, and now the action button mm. is giving me like lap timer segments. But as far as just like on my home screen, hit the action button. It's like this will either launch a certain app or start a workout. Okay. Basically, yeah. But it can do a bunch of other stuff now, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to have a button that does multiple things than just mute a thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah for I'm sure. I'm going to try my hardest to map this to Google Assistant. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take. You can, but I'm going to try. You could probably just make a. Um, it's probably going to be a serious shortcut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's that. What about <clears throat> USB Type C? Yes. <laughs> It seems like it is gaining steam as a possible iPhone 15 Pro feature. Um, 
And it's it's going to be hilarious as they market it alongside a lightning iPhone 15. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be like, oh, you can shoot well, ProRes and you can that. get faster footage off of the phone. This is a bet stuff. we should make because there's two options here. I love it. There's two options. Yeah. Either they put USB-C in both the 15 and the Pro and they only put Thunderbolt in the Pro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That or, seems more likely. I think. Right. Or they put it in the Pro, but they keep Lightning on the 15 because they do have an extra year. They're they're doing it a year ahead of when the EU is making them. Do right. It. Okay. So I was thinking about iPad when you said that. And in an iPad Pro, it's Thunderbolt and USB-C. And in a regular iPad Air, it's just USB-C. Exactly. But they also didn't come out at the same time. So there was a brief period where there was a Thunderbolt iPad Pro and a Lightning iPad Air before they switched it. But with this, it's going to be the phones all launch at once. So I think, I if I'm if I'm betting, I think they're going to do. Ju- uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll place do? I'll place my bet. I hope I think I'm going to be wrong, but the the possibility of this happening. It would be so funny if there was a lightning and a USB-C. I think they <laughs> announced it the same it. thing. And I'm going to take that bet just because I assume you guys will bet the opposite. And then I can bask in the it's hilarity possible, of dude. that happening and both of you losing. I think they're the equally time. possible. It, it would be so funny. You're, the Thunderbolt and regular USB-C makes so much more sense. Like give They'd have to brand it, though. One. They'd have to brand it like pro data or i think they're gonna transfer. brand it they're gonna it's gonna be a hilarious data branding. xdr <laughs> yeah well because remember when they finally we've had 60 hertz iphones for an eternity and there was that moment on stage where they got to the iphone 13 14 pro whatever it was and it was like pro motion and you're mm-hmm. like oh i see what you did there you just called 120 hertz ltpo something pro mm-hmm. so you could put it in the pro phone not the base phone but now they're stuck with it i think they the can pro d- phones only yeah that's true but and does that mean so the if rumor they, is that the regular 15 will also be 60 hertz. So I think they're... Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So if they only move USB-C to the Pro phone, that would imply that it's a Pro feature that's never going to come if to the non If they branded non-pro. it that way. But why else would they only put it in one of the phones, you know? To get you to buy it. Because I feel like if they only put it in the Pro phone, they have to brand it as a Pro feature. And that kind of gets them stuck. They so they have, have to put it to. in both. There's already that they rumor of like how how the regular phone is going to get some of these like features that are already like Dynamic Island and the hole punch will come. <clears throat> I forget what was it like 2024? No, the Dynamic Island is, is already coming, coming. Is coming to the 15 regular. Right. Because it's not okay, a Pro yeah. feature. Right. <laughs> it's just dynamic. Which was my bet. Yeah, I just want to remind. So anything that they put that that they brand as Pro, yeah, they imply that they're going to keep it in the Pro forever. USB Type C may not be branded as Pro; it could just be a dynamic port or something hilarious. What they could do in the like (laughs) sixteen, yeah, dynamic port. What they could do in the like sixteen is they could put one twenty hertz, but it's not LTPO; it's just sixty to one twenty. And yeah, in the regular one, and it wouldn't be Pro Motion. Interesting. So I don't know. Regular people would have no idea what that means, but yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I I think they both. I think they. Mm, I think they both get USB C. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm willing to take the back yeah, side. I of love the that bet. bet. Just I love that for bet. the yeah. This is the the big underdog. Bet. The only possible like, there is something to be said about them making the regular one still lightning because they can just milk the lightning port for a little bit longer because they're making yeah. licensing money on all of them. And they'll also have a reason for people to upgrade from the 15 to the 16 when it finally gets USB-C. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is the thing. Once you get you once you once get USB-C on people's radar for the iPhone, then it's like, okay, AirPods, all these other accessories, everything else. People are going to start having to think about USB-C in the yeah. iPhone. 
And so when the next one comes out, they're going to have, oh, USB-C is now in all of the iPhones, all the accessories, hop on board, buy the port and the accessories again, like all that stuff. Apple thinks about this a lot. They've definitely had this exact conversation. My most anticipated moment of the iPhone event this year is how they are going to tell the world that USB-C is so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like so excited for this. And we've taken a revolutionary port from the iPad Pro. And we've put it in the iPhone. From the Nexus 6P, <laughs> we put it in the iPhone. To be fair, we just went on a work trip and Brandon's phone died in the middle of the night because he didn't realize he brought a USB-C cable instead of a lightning cable till like all of us were asleep. That um, happened to me too this weekend. Yeah. I literally only brought a USB-C uh, cable and I forgot to bring a lightning one and my iPhone died. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, I'm screwed. The day They're is gonna coming. They're going to have a slide about like one charger for every... I'm still doing Johnny <laughs> Ives. I'm doing Johnny Ives' voice like it's still him, but it's not even. It's just going to be like an ag- executive on stage like, so now you can use one charger for your iPad, your MacBook, and your phone. How incredible is that? There are also rumors We're going to give you a special a special brick where you can plug in two USB-C things at once. Yeah. It's going to be great. There are rumors that the new Air, the AirPods Pro, which are still the two, are they're just going to add USB-C to that too. They should just keep it lightning so, just to mess with us. They, yeah. And AirPods Max are also lightning. They would right? have to yeah. update, which it, it is yeah. around time for them to update the AirPods Max. So if they, if they the do release AirPods Max 2 with USB-C, that would be nice. That would be insane to do all of those things as USB and then still ship a Lightning iPhone. That seems yeah. insane. That would be so it funny. That seems insane. insane. But doesn't the cheapest iPad come with Lightning? Lightning. Still? It does still have Lightning. Yeah. Oh, the like super. And so model. and so the cheapest, but the cheapest iPhone can still be the SE. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the that's Lightning true. one. Yeah. Uh, also, there is a rumor that the next Apple Watch, uh, it didn't say specifically whether it was the Ultra, which is apparently getting an Ultra 2 this year. Nice. Um, which the Ultra 2 is apparently going to be coming in matte black. Uh, was that real or was that, no I way. saw like a render of That's it. easily the it most was, exciting it, thing we've it's said. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I but saw it, a concept of it. But That's basically nice. every single year they use a, what is effectively the same chipset in the Apple Watch, like yeah. they update, they update it very, very slightly every year, but it is almost not different at all. But there's yeah, a rumor like, that apparently this year it's going to be significantly faster, which is like cool. It's nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Snoopy's going to run great on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have, they changed the UI too with watchOS. So now there's a bunch of widgets. Maybe they want to sort of like push this big update to the watch, yeah. sort of shake things up a little bit with the watch if it's a significant node size change then maybe battery life will be improved that would be nice that would be really nice yeah okay so yeah that's kind of the apple rumors uh we got a month until that happens dude matte black apple watch is the craziest thing we've said this podcast (laughs) matte black because i know we've had a matte black watch but it's like midnight so it's not really black oh that's a good point so like actually what if it winds up being midnight i would be so mad (laughs) matte midnight would you rather yeah. midnight or the silver that you have? I like the silver. I, I love cool. it. I love how good that looks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'd say silver. But, but if like, it's matte black, matte black. It. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Please, <laughs> please. If that's not if that's not finalized yet, someone at Apple, can you just press that button, and lock that in, please? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, last topic today. Uh, X, formerly Twitter, known as Twitter. <laughs> Are we going to say Twitter. that every time? <laughs> yes. X, you know the thing that was Twitter. <laughs> that one. It's confusing otherwise. That's true. The artist formerly known as Twitter <laughs> yeah. 
uh, is a, is now letting you hide your blue check mark. This was something that was pretty much immediately announced when Elon bought Twitter, and it just never happened. But now they actually are letting you do it. Um, surprise is free. It's not free. It's the not, check mark's oh, not free. And the check mark's not free. I'm surprise, you, the ability to hide it isn't extra. Extra. You need X blue if you. Well, you do need X blue. No, I know. You need X blue plus to hide it. <laughs> X X yeah. terrible. Joke. So it's it's funny it is funny. <laughs> because <laughs> because the whole point of getting it was like i get a verify badge now like not everybody has a verify badge now i have a verify badge but now people like don't want to show that mm-hmm. yeah. um but they so, still want the benefits of it without yeah, showing it. exactly yeah but um there was a thing on the page like i asked brandon for a screenshot of the page that shows to let you hide it it said some features may not be available if you hide your check mark and i was like like what? That seems very vague. Yeah. There's only like four Twitter blue features total. So which ones? So weirdly, <laughs> I think the one, the main one that like got added, like lumped in by Elon is like when you're a Twitter blue subscriber, you get like priority in the algorithm and you're like at the top of replies and things like that. And I think that's probably going to stop happening if you no hide your check way. mark. I mean, then, you're, you're like showing up among the blue check marks but you're not a blue check mark. So now if if we're supposed to believe that the blue check mark indicates mm. a high quality source or something or a real person, then why would we keep surfacing the ones that don't have a check? Like Maybe. it should be visually I see know, it more as like I paid for the blue check for priority replies and there's someone without a blue check above me. I would be upset about that if yeah. I were one of those people. Yeah. I'm not. But then like why even pay for just the, make that why even play for blue? I just want to edit tweets. Is that it? For like, eight dollars a month. Edit tweets. A month? I mean, that is why you originally got blue before all of this started, right? That's you wanted true. to edit tweets. That was the reason uh, I yeah. had blue before he bought it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. does make sense. It is a strange one. Soon that soon X Blue is gonna have like a a plant a la carte you pick which features you want and don't want and then we'll be different from that that's wild yeah yeah so um hide your blue hide your blue hide your kids hide your check marks (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna gonna finish that i'm not gonna give it to you i'm not gonna finish that all right let's uh (laughs) let's finish with our trivia answers Uh, dude but first a correction from earlier we've never said anything wrong (laughs) the mayonnaise they eat in space is not normal mayonnaise (laughs) i I looked it up i looked it up there's all sorts of changes so some of it you know they have to there's no fridges in space so you got to make special mayonnaise space is a fridge just put it out into space and then pull it back in. Just open the window so, and take, grab it. But the other thing that I found in researching is that, you know, since mayonnaise is an emulsion, apparently keeping it from yeah, separating so is like that, tough. I was thinking that the oils space. would probably and there's a from it. there's a current NASA research project called Let's Go Project Pasta. Next long form podcast yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> where they're trying to figure out if they can make mayonnaise, among other things. So there is space. no space mayonnaise. There is space mayonnaise, but it's not Earth mayonnaise. <laughs> Earlier I said, if you ate mayonnaise in space, then you could be like aerospace-grade mayonnaise. <laughs> that no, no, is no. not I that thought you were saying true. it's basically they're researching how to make it possible. Uh, no, so we're t- what we're talking about earth mayonnaise and, and bringing it up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so what they're trying to see is earth can you can you fly eggs and oil and a little bit of seasoning up to the iss and then yeah, whip it. it into mayonnaise in space mm. 
So, yeah. The scientists People were too even... concerned whether or not they could. They didn't think whether or not they should. I just want to say, I just got back from walking Zuri, and I look over, and Ellis was Googling mayonnaise. And I was like, what the hell did I miss? <laughs> Aerospace grade mayonnaise. Everything. Anyway, <laughs> trivia time. I wish so, I saw that. So, quick update on the score. <laughs> sure. Marquez has two. Nice. Andrew with... Andrew, do you a want billion. to guess? A million. Ten. Ten? One. One. Andrew has one. David, do you want to guess how much you have? Do you remember? Four. Four. Correct. Plus one point for you. I'm kidding. Five. Uh, Whoa. Okay. So first question. What year was the Google Play Store launched? I'm ready. While this is going, I also learned that salt and pepper are on the ISS, but only in liquid form. What? Yeah, because if you had little pepper flakes floating around, it could get in people's eyes and stuff. They have liquid pepper? Liquid pepper. (laughs) That's just pepper spray. You know, yeah. It's just bear mace. (laughs) NASA sent us all these, like, James Webb Space Telescope, like, paraphernalia and Uh pins. I want the liquid pepper, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, liquid pepper. <laughs> anyway. Aerospace grade pepper. Let's flip them around. I'm very nervous on this one. I'm not that. Well, I'm probably wrong if they're both. You're the same wrong. Rian, what'd you guys say? I said 2011. I, I also said 2011. It's nope. 2012. I said 2013. <gasps> it's 2012. 2012. Oh, oh my. So close. Okay, so close. I want to say my reasoning. Okay. The Nexus 7. <laughs> The first generation Nexus 7 launched in 2012, and the re- wow, <laughs> no, it launched in 2012. I know this for a fact. 2012, yes. Nexus 7, y- yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they re- they sold that tablet at a f- <laughs> good buzz. Good buzz. They sold. They that, certainly did not. They sold that tablet at a fifty dollar per unit loss, and the reason they did that was to onload people onto the Google Play Store. Yeah. Because they knew that the the average cost of acquiring a customer is generally more than $50. So Google was willing to lose money. So the reason I guessed 2011 was because I figured they would have announced it before the Nexus 7 came out. But I mm. bet you they announced it with the Nexus 7, which makes me feel really dumb. I was going back to uh, Nexus 4 mm. launch. I just took a shot in the dark and I was just as close as both of you. <laughs> How's that feel? What did I say? 20? I was going to. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm screwed on this next All one. All right. Too. Next question. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. To continue with our Google Play trivia this week, Google Play, which also I totally forgot, the, the P used to be lowercase. Okay. In, until like 2014. <laughs> Why do they do that? It's a title. Okay. Anyway, uh, okay. so think about how, just think about how the iPhone's lowercase. Yeah, but that's like you know that it's hip. But, but the P is I don't know. Just picture it in your head, and it's so strange. Google Play was created when what three Google services or Google products or whatever you want to call it combined? Uh. I don't know these. Right, I don't know these at all. Like I can't even like take point, an educated guess. A point for each correct answer, I guess. Sure, maybe. I like that. I don't think I'm, I'm gonna not get even any writing points. anything. No, I just want to say like I remember it changing to play and being like, "That's weird. I don't get it. Play like this is weird." But, but if they capitalized I, it. Now I cannot remember what it was before. Hmm. Like I remember thinking this is weird. Pencils down. I, it's three. It's three. Pencils phrases. down. Okay. 
Wow. Andrews is blank. Andrews Buzz is blank. Me. All right. Thank you. Interesting. So the app store is yeah. Apple. Well, the the, the <laughs> moron. Store, the app, Android Marketplace app store. Okay, let's, game store. Let's and, talk about. Wait, right, wait, wait. Hold read on. Read it out. What's that market? I'm probably first. wrong. All right. Okay. AOSP is is wrong. So I, I wrote Android Open Source Project. The the original app store, and then what? The Android app store. Really? I f- what is the name of it? Android Market. Android Marketplace, whatever. Should, yeah. Okay. I did not write App Store because I was like, no, that is an an iOS thing. Like, okay. I don't think that would count. If I had twenty extra seconds, like David, I would have written Android, <laughs> Android Marketplace. Get and up. we would have accepted <laughs> it. All right. Well, I was I had my pencil down, and then uh, the Games Store, which I don't remember what it was called. So they had a separate Game Store. Probably not. <laughs> no. I, I think my memory is tricking me. Anyway. David. What did you write? Okay, I wrote Android Market. That's one. Uh, Android Services. Mm. Like Google Play Services, but like Android Services. Mm. And I put Security Core. What is that? Like Android Security Core. All right. Mm. Well, I got one. I am tempted to not give you it because you are still writing after. Well, the only after two the buzzer. It's, it's because I'm a slow writer. It is interesting that problem, it's slow okay. writing after and we didn't talk about points per one. It was just an overall question for a singular point. What? No, I'm, I think we like David keep the point. Because it's the first one I wrote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. Thanks. Anyway, the uh, Android market. <laughs> How much did he pay you, Ellis? <laughs> That's crazy that I didn't this get I want a point, too. I think you should give Marquez it for App Store. Because I like, yeah, no, I don't think that's like literally the iOS version. You know what version. he's talking about. I the do, apps. and there, I would have given it to him, but you actually wrote Android Market. That's so with you took extra it from seconds. Yeah, but oh, that's, that's the, the, that's the argument. I think everyone knows that it's the thing apps were on. Like, if I knew if the name of it, I would have wrote that. If, if one of you had also wrote like App Store, I probably would have given it to both of you because it's like, all right, it's up we, to we you. know what you're talking but about. But I, 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 I want to make it known that I'm on Marquez's side for this, but it's uh, Because you got an extra 10 you. seconds to write it. But I wrote it first. Doesn't matter. Cannot confirm. Wow. Andrew, what is the answer? Andrew, what did you write? I wrote nothing. Oh. Because I couldn't think of what the name of the App Store was. <laughs> It was the combination of the Android market distributing apps, Google Music distributing music, oh. and the Google e-bookstore. Wait, that's funny. Mer- wait, I thought about writing oh. Google Music, yeah. but I, mean, I was like, wait, no, there's I Google. I remember the colors of the tabs. Can I have points for them? <laughs> I, I won't be able to corroborate this. Music was yellow, books were red, and apps are green. This could I be remember possible. that, the tabs. Movies and TV were added later. Yeah. Wait, so they, they combined Google Music. Oh, and yeah. Then they, remember and then it was a separate app? At, well, it became Google Play Music as a separate app, yeah. and Google Books is still a separate app. So they had the separate Google Play and Movies app, and it was red, and it was weirdly ugly. And it was separate from... You're right. Yeah, I, I remember. Re- wow. I believe you mean I'm right. <laughs> I also yes. like how we're like also confused right. by this, but Google has literally oh. been doing this dumb <laughs> for like 15 years. Yo. So like, why are we confused anymore? I just had okay, such a fair. crazy flashback. That's fair. And I see it in my mind. Do you remember eye. the yellow headphones they used for yeah. Google Play Music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, wow. it was also it's that's also the AOSP icon for uh, audio on mm-hmm. on AOSP. They kind of look like M50s, but they're yellow. They do. I was just thinking they do that. Look like I was like, they did kind of look like M50s. This is the nerdiest conversation we had. I was just going to Yeah, super in the weeds. Well, that's yeah. why we do this. Uh, I'm such a chad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to go over points, David has five, Marquez has three, and I seven? 
I have seven. <laughs> I think. Nice. No. Whoa. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Official. That's the official mark. Now I know who got paid off. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I think that's where we end it. That is. Hey, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening this this week of Waveform. Let us know in the comments which one us to talk about or react to or check out or have thoughts on next. See you guys in the next one. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network and our intro outro music is made by Vane Sill. Also, Zuri helped us today. Shouts out to Zuri. Good job, Zuri. She's focused on Ellis right now. All right, Andrew, welcome back. Thank you. We're going to do, we're going to, we had a little, we, we actually doubled the population of pixel folds or no, we didn't. It was, it was multiplied by 1.5. So that's a terrible joke. Let's scratch that. <laughs> Keep it. How come when I screw up, it gets kept? <laughs> that was bad math. Hilariously joke. <laughs> nerdy in the wrong way. Hi, we're visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees. We don't have them. Annual contracts. Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.